0: Hello there. Good evening.
1: Yo, yo, yo! It's your boy Rev Young Yates. You can catch me on Instagram and Zell Olive Young Yates. You can catch me on Instagram at Young Yates on Twitter at Rev Young Yates. I'm joined by the lovely Miss Cam Nicole.
0: Yes, this is Camry Butler, LPCA. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Camry Butler, Instagram at Miss Cam Nicole, or my professional account at Camry Butler
1: got a good topic tonight. Uh, We're inviting all of you to come see real quick. we are going to look at something I believe everyone deals with, which is loss, specifically not just loss, but grief uh, and loss and how that affects our human being, Uh, not just the individual, but the society at large. We're going to look in our toolkit to see what we would have to Uh, cope with the particular grief or loss that may come our way. Uh, It's been said to me by my chaplain mentor, Bill Hawkins, that although we're not responsible for the trauma that comes our way because trauma can come with grief, he says we are responsible for what we choose to do with it after the moment we have experienced said trauma.
0: Yeah, like you said, I think, you know, this is a very relevant topic for many reasons. we've all experienced grief loss in some capacity um and so all of us no matter what phase of life you're in no matter what title you may hold um because grief and loss is no respect a person as we would say in church (laughs) Uh, we have grief and loss touches all of us Um, and because of the chaos that the world is in we have experienced it even the more um and so grief is, it's sneaky, it's its personal, right? We, none of us experience it the same way. Um, so I think this is very relevant um, for us to discuss tonight because it has touched all of us in some capacity. Um, and it doesn't just have to be with experiencing the loss of a loved one, because I think if, immediately when you say it's like someone is grieving, um, we automatically go to like, well, you know, they've lost a the loved one, but that can, they can be grieving the loss of a job they can be grieving you know didn't get into their. you know a teenager can be experiencing grief because they got rejected from their top school someone can be grieving the loss of a relationship divorce friendships you know a pet changing their financial status career i mean there are a plethora of things that we can grieve so we've all experienced it so this is very very needed tonight
1: Right, right, right. I definitely agree with that. And I know we might get to it later, but, you know, as you as you say that, I just think about all the weeks, uh, days, months, weeks, years, however the case may be, that I just uh, am triggered by grief. And it seems that all the progress that I made has gone out the window, just, you know, so to speak this this week I've been dealing with. Mark chapter 10 and the passage was talking about divorce and mm-hmm. as as I sat there and looked at the scripture I started thinking about all of the the loss that I've accumulated through the life I lived and how things didn't go the way I wanted it to go
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and when you just made your opening remarks I was like huh? I wonder is that uh, you know any triggering towards my grief or does it have a compact effect if you will.
0: Mm-hmm. It's good that you bring that up, right? So <laughs> going to talk a little bit about, right, cumulative grief, um, which we'll get to later, but that is like this compacted grief, right? When you experience one grief um, or one loss and before you can really process that one, right? Then here comes another one, right? And then here comes another one. And that's really what we've been experiencing these last two years is this cumulative and then collective grief, right? Then we're all grieving together. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into that later. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I guess we can maybe dive into um, like the stages of grief and like what that looks like um, a little bit. So, again, grief is very personal. Um, and so, although there are stages of grief, right? Um, there is no specific state or there's no specific step that you may have to go through right I may experience denial first which is technically the first step but someone else may experience depression first Um, and so it's all it's unique to each person so technically the first stage is denial right so if you lose someone or something um, you may start to like doubt the reality of that loss Um, maybe like is this really happening to me like you you essentially become numb. You're in a state a state of shock. Um, like, did this person really gone? Um, did I really lose that job, right? You just really can't really grasp the reality of what's really happening to you. Um, so that's the first stage.
1: Right, right. You know, I just wanna say as we're getting, as we're going through these stages, you know, even the, the stages and the subset points of the stages, Every time I read the chart, I'm like, man, does Elizabeth Kubler-Ross know everyone in America? <laughs> in the world, for that matter. Like, how how is she so spot on? I mean, you can, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't speak for everybody, but, you know, I'm excited to see how this particular conversation will have an impact on others because sometimes I look just at the textbook cases and st- stages of grief, and I can identify with each particular point.
0: Right, mm-hmm. Right. And so anger, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We all can identify with that, right? You are angry that you have lost this person, this thing, um, and and I and I personally, for me, I think you know the anger comes from really having to realize that I'll never see this person again, right? Or maybe the regret of what I should have done, what I shouldn't have done. Um, but the under there's there's an under. I think it's more socially acceptable to, I can just be angry, right? Anger is easier, but what's really up under the anger, is it pain, is it fear, is it abandonment, right? But anger is just so much easier to sit with. Um, it's harder for us to sit with the abandonment and the fear and the rejection um, that's really up under the anger. All right. All right. Um, so then we have bargaining. Um, we are we're holding on to hope even though we know that that thing or person is gone we are bargaining i would i would give anything to have them or it back um what if if only Um, that is the what if if only stage then we have depression Um, depression is experienced in many different ways and this depression is really different from um, clinical depression, right? This depression is a normal reaction to losing something or someone so significant to your life. All right. um, and then finally, right, we get to acceptance, um, kind of acknowledging coming into the acceptance that this is my new normal, this is my new reality, and how can I adjust my life to living without this person? Um, and so again, these are the five stages of grief, but you may not experience these five in that order and you may repeat these cycles, right? So you may get to acceptance and then you may kind of go back to depression again. You may go back to anger or bargaining. This thing goes in wave and grief, is a, it really is a lifelong thing, right? Especially when you lose someone so close, right. there really is no deadline. It's not like, oh, well, I'll be over this in three years. It's, you really learn to, to live with this limp without this person right you dance with this limp forever um 10 to 15 years down the road still missing them still missing their smile their laugh um but it gets easier to to adjust um the intensity of the pain starts to lessen um as the years go by
1: you know i love the fact that you uh that you speak to it in that manner Even in my situations of life, it gives me hope. And I know we'll talk about it later, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But, you know, people have this saying about time healing all wounds. No. (laughs) Uh, You know, but like you said, it's a lifelong process. And I'm Mm -hmm. glad you acknowledge that because a lot of people have experienced loss, sometimes even decades ago. And -hmm. they still feel that pain, but, you know, through the stages as we'll go through them you know, you learn how to cope with it. And but like you said, even then, these stages can just run it back and repeat mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. But but you know, people have that misconception, oh, you know, just keep on living. You know, mm-hmm. time time heals all wounds, love cures all. You know, it sounds good to say, but you know, does it really?
0: Right. Absolutely. Um that is a very common misconception or uh, like I like to say in in my things of not to say to someone who's grieving. <laughs> um time heals all wounds, right? Because I don't believe that. I don't believe that time heals that wound. Um, That wound will forever be there. If I lost a parent, a sibling, a grandparent, whomever that was so dear to me, that will forever be there. I'm just learning to live without them. Um, And years to come, I'm still going to miss them. Um, But the intensity of my pain, as time goes on, may lessen but that pain is still there. I'm still going to cry when I hear their favorite song or, you know, anything that reminds me of them, that pain is still there forever. So um, I think that that's definitely something that we have to, we have to learn how to watch our words when we're talking to someone who has lost someone.
1: You know, I, I 110% agree, not just others,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: excuse me, but I think we have to watch what we say to ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. I, uh, mm-hmm. I was, you know, I'm weird, so I talk to myself, I don't just talk, I answer, <laughs> I answer myself too, because, you know, I think I'm pretty smart sometimes, so, so I trust my answers, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, I, I was saying to myself uh, early on the ride home, I said, man, you know, adulting, you know, a large part of adulting is learning that you could live with the people That you thought you couldn't live without. Mm -hmm. Because, from my personal experience, as you grow older, your village changes. And so, those who may have been there uh, may start dying away, moving away, whatever the case may be. And these are people you thought you just couldn't do without because Mm -hmm. that's what you've told yourself. But, you know, God proves Himself faithful even after moments of such. And you realize, well, man, I'm still, you know, I'm still living. I was literally just thinking about key significant members of my family. And the indoor jobs or positions that I transitioned from, and mm-hmm. I think how I'm still going in X amount of years after, and it's not because I'm so strong, it's it's because I've conditioned myself to accept what my new normal is, and not let myself talk me out of it.
0: Because mm-hmm. it's one
1: thing to hear bad bad communication from others, but to tell it to yourself, you know. And I think sometimes in this politically correct society. It's, it's even a struggle to be open and honest with myself at times
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and going through moments like grief and loss.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, and then going to some of these common misconceptions, like to piggyback off of what you said earlier, um, one of the ones says, am I doing it wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Going back to what you said, society, right? We have this idea of what grief should look like, right? And everyone has to do it the same. You know, do they have to to cry for six months or do they have to cry for a year? You know, are they too happy, right? There's no right or wrong way to grieve. Um, But there is a healthy and unhealthy way, right? So going back to our podcast on substance use disorders, right? A lot of people would turn to substance use disorders to kind of cope with the pain. I remember even in doing my internship, you know, and dealing with individuals who live with substance use disorder and i'm like you know take me back take me back to the time where you lost control um and a lot of them would say when i lost this person when i lost that person and so although there isn't a right or wrong way there is a healthy and unhealthy way right and so we really want to lean into relationships um healthy relationships right where our friends our family Because if we are isolated, right, and we don't have anyone, it's very easy to start coping with unhealthy ways, right? Whether that's drugs, alcohol, sex, like things to cope and numb that feeling of pain um, in a very unhealthy way um, that can lead us down a destructive path.
1: Definitely. Definitely. I, uh, I couldn't agree more. With, with what you're seeing. I, I believe, you know, sometimes, and, and you know, I don't wanna beat a dead horse, but sometimes that struggle with, you know, my perception of of others or what others' perceptions are of me, even vice versa. You know, that that struggle may make an individual constantly question, am I doing it the right way? Mm-hmm. And I hear people, you know, berate themselves even and i don't even know if they're knowing knowingly doing it but they and we talked about it last week on our podcast oh i should be over this by now
0: mm-hmm.
1: i shouldn't be acting like this so mm-hmm. i know better you know et cetera. Et cetera. And, and you know i that that troubles me deeply in my soul because it's almost as if they feel they don't have a safe space to greet
0: mm-hmm and I think they feel like they don't have a safe space to grieve because, uh-oh, <laughs> I see they feel like they don't have a safe space to grieve because for so long, maybe we've mishandled grief. Um, we've said the wrong things. And I think it's just because we just haven't been educated on it. Um People of color, we lean towards religion heavily, right? And so if somebody dies, right, it's just, well, they're in a better place. And, you know, well, God needed them in heaven. And and of course, we were praying for people and we are people of faith, right? And so nobody get me wrong. But I, when, we, when you say things like that, it really dismisses the feeling and the emotion of people. Um, and so I think that is a lot why people don't know don't feel like they have that safe space because it's immediately dismissed with well they're in a better place you'll be fine right instead of i know this like this hurts um this feeling is this sucks and i'm so sorry for your loss and let me know what you need right and so it's really difficult to be open and tell people what you need because people want to rush your grieving process
1: you, you, you're talking good tonight. You're talking, good,
0: <laughs> you know. I'm trying not, try not to get in trouble. I'm trying not to get in trouble. You know, and, and and I
1: wonder, you know, I I wonder, is it because we're so uncomfortable with grief, is that why we try to rush the process?
0: hmm
1: You know, and and now you're going back to the stages of grief because it's, it's so innately done because that's what has been deemed politically correct in our society and mm-hmm. I love what you're talking about with the example of people of color and going to church because uh, one of the best things I learned about grief I learned when I transitioned into the healthcare industry and now I've worked in the funeral industry in the death mm-hmm. care industry mm-hmm. I, I work in uh, Christian religious ministry pastor and ministry and so it's not like I wasn't familiar with death and or religion but when I got to healthcare, they were very specific on the terminology. And mm-hmm. so coming into a group uh, with, with all pastors, people were saying, oh, they went to a better place or they uh, they got their reward. And, and you know, right. for that, do- for documentation purposes, people were like, well, what does that mean?
0: Right. You know?
1: <laughs> and so they were very direct with saying the word die so it can be known what happened. Mm -hmm. so that the particular family members can understand what happened and they can begin the process of trying to accept their new normal not necessarily dismissing their grief but trying to reach them where they are in the process you know right And and, and when i thought about it from a preacher standpoint because you know you think you you've seen it all i said now how is it that we are very gun shy about talking around and about death, but mm-hmm. our whole religion is based on death. Mm-hmm. I mean, we say Jesus died because he got back up, you know. And, and right. if our if our uh, goal is to die in Him so that we can get back up, then you know we ought to be able to accept the process that takes us to the the finished prize.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Pastor Effie Livingston would often say, "You know, people not lost when you know where they're going."
0: Mm hmm.
1: And, and I think, you know, to not even be spiritual about it, I think that's just a a place to get you to the point of accepting, even as a Christian, if you believe that they're going uh, to have an eternal life after death with Jesus, that I'd be something to celebrate if
0: right. you're
1: if you're a, a non Christian, you know, you have to be realistic about what just happened so you can begin the process of adjusting to your new normal. But, you know, it goes back to that first step, which was denial. If -hmm. we can't acknowledge whatever the issue may be, how then can we even work to try to solve it?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it goes back to timing, right? And so somebody's dealing with grief, it just happened, right? You know, as soon as somebody dies, your phone starts blowing up. At that time may not be the time to They they're in a better place and right they got their reward right they're <laughs> rejoicing in heaven right that's not the time for for that um, that is the time to love on them what do you need what can I do for you I'm so sorry right to validate their feeling in that moment to encourage them now maybe a year later right because as Christians as people of faith we already know that right, right. you're not trying to Win us over to salvation, right? We already know where our loved ones are, so trying to reinforce that in that moment um, is not helpful. It's dismissing of the emotion. Right now, yes, we are yes, we are in yes. our flesh. We are in our flesh at that moment, right? My loved one is gone, literally three hours ago. <laughs> like, yes. like I'm not I'm not speaking in tongues right now. Like I'm I'm hurt, uh, and I, that's what I need. I need you to love on me right now. Um, and so I think it's just really about being tactful, about being tactful with our tongue, and knowing when to speak, um, and and knowing that silence is okay, right? Um, my,
1: my, my. yeah.
0: Like knowing that si- if I don't know what to say, it's okay to be silent. Like sit with me in my grief. Um, and now I've gone ahead of myself, but <laughs> like I- I'm already on the like what to what not to say. Like si- silence is okay. I remember when my grandfather died, one of my best friends texted me and said, I know you probably don't want to talk. I will come to your house and we will watch a movie. Like, like that's what we need. We don't right. need a lot of the like we did like the scripture we don't need it because we know, like we know, but we need you to sit in the pain with us is what we need.
1: Man, you're talking so good. You know, I, I think it's almost offensive. Uh, to try to reinforce something to someone that they that they already know Mm
0: -hmm. you
1: know uh, because you're uncomfortable
0: right
1: you know and and, you know like you said we're human Mm -hmm. and so if I'm in a state of of humanistic grief and I'm dealing with that and all you can be is holy and you can't be human you know get out of there with that because mm-hmm. I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I don't need to be reminded of what I know. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to change the fact that I'm here. Even Jesus right. on his way to the cross, he literally prayed and cried.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, because death is, is something uh, that brings about deep grief, losing things brings about grief. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not necessarily anything that makes you weak or incapable. I, I think that it makes you human. You know i'm for people who don't deal with grief you know make me wonder what kind of liar i'm dealing with but that's <laughs> but that's that's another story for another time and you know an mm-hmm. example you give you know I, I i share that often with our uh brothers and sisters who are very well versed in the scripture and sometimes they may not know what to say and you know if you just gotta live your life uh through the scripture and everything you do which which is which is fine the Bible say whatever you are doing, word deed do it unto the Lord you mm-hmm. know job's story was great because his friends came and they were quiet for seven days
0: mm-hmm. just
1: just sat with him in his grief mm-hmm. but the moment they opened their mouth it went all bad
0: mm-hmm.
1: because they were at, they even gotten to the point where they put the blame on him
0: mm-hmm.
1: And you know that goes. I know we're transitioning to what not to say, and that goes into telling you know people in the midst of their grief what somebody would have wanted. You don't mm-hmm. you don't know that. Mm-hmm. And even if you did know it, is that a conversation that's you know right that's conducive for the setting that we're in?
0: Right for the moment. Mm-hmm.
1: But so yeah, that timing, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll stop there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. What not to say. Right, be strong. Yeah, I mean, right. okay. <laughs> yeah. Do not, right? These are these are things that we're not to say. Do not say be strong, right? They're in a better place. There is a reason for everything. <laughs> I know how you feel, right? Even I want to talk a little bit about this because even oh, yes. if you Please. have lost even if you've lost a similar person, right? If if they've lost their spouse and you've lost your spouse, they they've lost their parent, you've lost yours relationship is so unique it's so individualized and so just because you've lost your spouse and now they've lost theirs you still can't you still don't know how they feel right that's their relationship that's their partner that's now gone Um, and again you grief is also unique right Um, emotions right so even though you may mean well saying well I know how you feel It's again, a little dismissive of their emotions and their moment to say, I know how you feel.
1: Um, Can we hang out here right quick? Oh,
0: oh, yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so, and and with that, you know, I wanna pose a question slash make a statement. Uh And so how then can we encourage those who may be dealing with the, with grief of the same person, Mm -hmm. you know, and they still need to have that understanding that everyone grieves differently because everybody's relationship is different. You know, when mm-hmm. my grandmother died, she's, she lived in a small country town mm-hmm. where everybody knew. I mean, <laughs> Dollar General sent the resolution to the funeral <laughs> because everybody knew her. Mm-hmm.
0: And, mm-hmm. and
1: so she, she had an impact and people who saw her more often than I did because they stayed in the town with her, mm-hmm. they had a unique relationship with her. And I, mm-hmm. I got a bunch of cousins because she had 15 kids, and all of us had our own unique relationship. Right. And so we were working to help each other through it, but we weren't. Do, we weren't saying anything, you know. As you already stated, and I want to add to the list, you know, that we're gonna get through this because hey, I don't doubt that we are. But my grieving process might not be your grieving process. Mm-hmm. because the we don't get through this sometimes is given from the, the sender because it it minimizes the grief that they're dealing with. And mm-hmm. so, you know, again, back to that, is this a safe space for me to grieve? Or because it's never been modeled to them, some people just don't know how to grieve. You know, some people don't lose anybody close to them until they're well into their adult years. And mm-hmm. so sometimes they just don't know how. And yeah. so I, how do you handle when you have people grieving the same person, but some may want it to be the same way,
0: yeah, and I, I think that that's difficult um because you you do want it to be the same way, and again, I think we're just so uncomfortable with intense emotions, yes especially especially sad ones, right Anger is an intense in, intense emotion, but we can tolerate anger, like we know what to do with it with with sorrow and like that is so, it's like, what do I do with this? Um, And so we're having a tough time maneuvering with it. And I don't think that there's anything specifically, right? Even though maybe we've all lost the same loved one. I think we say the same thing that I was going to say when they say what to say, right? Um, Sit with each other. Um, I don't know how you feel, but I'm here to assist in any way that I can, Right. Saying, hey, I'm a night owl. When you need to talk, just know that I'm a night owl and call me. Or I'm an early bird. I'm up early in the mornings. When you not 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 if, right? Because we know people need to talk, right? Right. When right. you need to talk, call me. Um, you and your family will be in my prayers. Um, things like that, right? Um, taking some of the weight off of them. Hey, I'm going grocery shopping, send me your list. What do you need? Just taking some of the weight and trying not to Project your feelings and your emotions onto the other person.
1: Yeah, you know, and I, I think it's a it's a twofold process. Uh, you know, Second Corinthians one and four says God comforts us in all of our troubles, that we may comfort uh, others when they're going through similar troubles. So, you know, I think it's a it's a process of understanding how you grieve how you receive and what you don't receive mm-hmm. that way uh, when you went, cause the same way you receive it, it'll be an opportunity for you to give it. Mm-hmm. And, and for me personally, in those moments I've had to give it, I've learned from experience and I became cog- cognizant of what didn't sound right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, growing up in the church, that's what I heard. It was in the Bible and I was like, Hey, you can't go wrong with scripture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but, but as I grew older, and, and more wiser. And as I've experienced my own personal grief and loss, I started understanding you know what? I wouldn't want that said to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so it made me more aware. And sometimes, you know, <laughs> silence is my friend because I don't always have to think. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. people look to you because of your position or because they confide in you. And because you know they're in a hopeless situation and they need hope, sometimes we feel obliged to give it.
0: But sometimes
1: your your presence and your attitude of willingness and that, you know all those things you just said i, I love the grocery list i'm a night out i'm up early you know things like that uh mm-hmm. can come in handy but you know it's a difference between having something to say and just having to say something
0: mm-hmm. and
1: because grief is so awkward to a lot of people they they feel like they have to say something to break the tension mm-hmm. but, you know i don't you know sometimes that's the season of life you may be in it this may be a tense moment that you know you'll have to get through
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely and again i think like you said people are uncomfortable with silence as well i even see that like being a therapist right sometimes you know we call it a a therapeutic silence right i i I don't say anything because i'm giving them a minute to process but they look very uncomfortable right even 15 seconds of silence you'll be amazed at how uncomfortable people get and so people want people feel like they need to speak because like i can't i can't i got to break the silence <laughs> right um and so we constantly like we have to speak and say things but it's it's okay to say nothing or just really be verbal and say you know i'm i wish i had the right words i don't know what to say but i am sorry I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry that you're going through this. Be honest and say, I, I don't know what to say. I don't have the right words. And, and that's okay versus really being dismissive and minimizing the loss and trying to explain it away with with scripture and saying, you know, God did this and he has a plan, right? Um, because that that's harmful in the end. Definitely. Definitely.
1: You know, I I could be wrong as the sky is blue, but I say often that people are uncomfortable in silence because they're scared to be alone with themselves.
0: Oh yes, <laughs> I agree. Most yeah. often, not not always, but most often.
1: Uh, yeah. So you know, hey, that's why I talk to myself. Get comfortable <laughs> being a get me comfortable being alone with myself. You know, help help me process through some things. You know. I say it jokingly, but seriously, it helps me process through not just monumental or what people would consider major grief, but just the the daily losses that I take. I don't know, you know if we if we wonder about things like that, but you know i, I I'm thankful for God's mercy uh being new every morning, but through things I didn't get because I'm human. I don't always process them the same way. Mm-hmm. And and so that, you know, at talking it out helps, you know, when I can't get to my therapist, I, I, I can get in my office or my closet or my car and I can really let myself have it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but that makes me comfortable in moments where there are no words because mm-hmm. as I'm living in my mind, eventually, you know, I, I begin to go deeper. And sometimes... Those moments of silence brings the most intimate connections.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, as I said earlier, right? Grief is it's continuous. It's it's not linear, but it is continuous. It comes in ways, and one of those um, one of those stages is depression. So I wanted to talk a little bit about like when when to reach out as the person who may be experiencing it, or as a family and friends on the outside looking in, saying, you know, is you know is this is this quote quote normal, or should they be should they be talking to someone, right? Yeah. Um, and so I would encourage someone to seek help when the grief begins to interrupt your daily living. Um, your ability to function in a healthy way, right? That's that's kind of where the lot of demarcation is, right? This 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 normal stage of grief, this is this depression, this is coming in waves, right? Maybe they've had they've had a good couple of months, they've now kind of hit this depression stage. They're having some bad days, maybe even a couple bad weeks, but if this is the wave versus clinical depression, right? This is really impacting their daily functioning. They are constantly crying. They can't get out of bed. Uh, Maybe they need to go back to work or school. They are unable to operate. Um, They can't concentrate at work, can't concentrate at school. Maybe they've started to skip meals uh, because they either literally cannot get up and fix themselves anything to eat. They can't find the motivation. Um, They can't find the motivation to drive and get something to eat. Um, They're not taking their medication, whether that's mental medication or whether that's their physical medication, um, they're starting to have thoughts of harming themselves, themselves or others. Um, instead of the the ways and the intensity, instead of that starting to lessen over time, it's starting to increase in intensity and frequency. Um, so those are some of the the reasons that you may want to start seeking professional help um, and that it's starting to become more of it's interrupting daily living versus you just kind of going through the waves, the ups and downs of the grief, versus maybe we need to talk to somebody about it. All right, all right, all right.
1: So, Miss Cam, I'm gonna put you on the spot.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: You got one or two good book recommendations for the people on grief?
0: Oh, book recommendations. On grief. I or don't video
1: lectures, you know, and I was a New Age or video mm-hmm. lectures.
0: Yes. Well, I did do a video on grief uh, earlier this year, I think. No, I'm just kidding. so I will uh, send that for us to post. But um, as far as book recommendations, I don't have any on the spot that I can think of, but we can put all of this information in the show notes for the people.
1: Right. Right, right. Okay, okay. All Right. Yeah, I think that uh, this was a needed conversation. Absolutely. I I, I think that we may even revisit it because it's so rich and and complex. You know, the stages of grief alone is enough to carry a show. But Mm -hmm. I... I, I, uh, Yeah. Yeah. I believe this was a very needed conversation today.
0: Absolutely. And if I can leave anyone with anything, it would just be if you are currently experiencing loss in any capacity, again, it doesn't just have to be someone dying, right? Um, In any capacity, be, be gentle with yourself. Give yourself grace. There is no timeline. There is no cure. We all wish that there was a cure to end that deep sorrow that we were all feeling due to grief. Um, give yourself grace. It doesn't have to be over in two or three months. Don't let anyone rush you. Um, Grace, 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 because um, grief is sneaky. It is, um, it's an intense emotion. It catches you by surprise. You can be having an amazing day and someone walks by with the perfume or cologne that that person wore. A song comes on and then you are tearful for the rest of the day or you feel like your day is ruined. And so give yourself some grace to process through that. And as always, go talk to a therapist um, because it helps. So that's what I have.
1: I would just ditto all of that that she said. And, you know, it's, it's a process and appreciate the process that, The way it comes to you. Mm
0: -hmm. You
1: know I don't know if you ever saw the movie Click but sometimes we can miss out on key moments in life because we're rushing to get past something that we may need to be in. Mm -hmm. You know I'm not I'm not even upset about traffic jams anymore because it allows me time to be still and type in my alternate route. Mm -hmm. So yeah again uh, we all we all always appreciate you all tuning in uh thank miss cam nicole uh we'll have some info and link for you uh to take this with you uh we want you to know that uh if you an experi if you are experiencing it that don't mean anything's wrong with you that just means you're human and a part of life is being who you are absolutely Be blessed and remember, you're on the mind of God.